to all the moms. Moms of children who are still at home or all grown up. Moms who've outlived a son or daughter. Or moms of babies they never got to hold. Moms who've raised kids all on their own. Or became a mom to someone who needed one. Moms of children who have wandered from God. Or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you to the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. She chose to keep the baby. And we honor you. We honor you because you're a beautiful baby. Beautiful baby. In fact, I would love for every mom in the room to stand this morning. Happy Mother's Day. If you're a mom, stand in the room. We honor you. We see you. We love you. And we're so thankful for you. Amen. Wow, happy Mother's Day. My husband brought me flowers yesterday. It was great. Not really a big flower fan, and he knows that, but it was really sweet, you know? Um, I like something that lasts and stays around a long time, you know? Those flowers will be dead in a week. But anyway, I love you, honey, and I thank them for those flowers. But I, I was thinking on the back porch yesterday as I was studying, I was like, the older I've gotten, you know what really touches my heart the most? is just sitting around a table with my babies and eating that steak. And that's what I'm going to do today. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my family. Everybody's with me today except my oldest daughter, who is leading worship in uh, Florida this morning. So uh, but she texted me at 5 o'clock this morning and told me Happy Mother's Day. So she'll be coming back tomorrow. I am so honored to be able to stand before you today. I do feel like I have an assignment from the Lord today for you, and that is that you would leave empowered, that you would leave with an open heart to allow Holy Spirit to work in your life and change not only yours, but the generations to come. Amen. That is my assignment today. So I want you right now to get it. Uh, the book of Acts ready. We're going to be reading from there in just a few minutes. But today we actually start a brand new series called Help is Here. Help is Here. And this is one of my favorite subjects. It's the subject of the Holy Spirit. How many love the Holy Spirit? He's my friend. He's the first person I talk to when my feet hit the floor in the morning. Holy Spirit is the closest, most awesome man presence, the presence of God that I have ever known. And he will always be that to me. Uh, when you have no one else with skin on them, you have Holy Spirit. In fact, I go to him before I go to the ones with skin on them. <laughs> He's that close and he can be that close with you. So I'm very excited about this series that is starting 
Um, and we're going to probably talk about the Holy Spirit over the next couple of weeks, so you don't want to miss that. How many of you have ever felt hopeless? You felt like, oh man, my situation, there's no turn around. There's nothing that can happen. I need a miracle. We've all said that, right? I believe that Holy Spirit is going to come over the next couple of weeks and give you exactly what you need. Because life has a way of throwing curveballs. Some of you could get a call. Some of you could, you know, go to an appointment and get a, and get a diagnosis. There could be a relational breakup. And in that situation, who do we turn to? We turn to Holy Spirit. We turn to the presence of God. And he's such a gift to our life. I tell my kids, our life is like a swivel mop. It can change directions at any moment. They've seen that through the years as pastors getting one phone call. We had plans that day, but, but something happened and we had to shift our plans. Our life is like a swivel mop. But how many of you know that in the swivel mop seasons, God is right there and he's walking with us. The Bible promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so I am thankful for Holy Spirit today. Say this, say, help is on the way. Say, I get it from my Father. I'm excited today. Romans 5, 6 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Matthew 9, verse 36 says, When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then in John chapter 14, he's the promised helper. He says, if you love me and if you keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, called the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives within you and will be, sorry, he is with you and will live in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Who is an advocate sent to help us? That's in John chapter 14. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the advocate is the Holy Spirit. And God sent him uh, to go before us and to be a help and a comfort to us. You say, what is an advocate? The Greek word for advocate is parakletos, one who pleads another's cause, who helps another by defending or comforting him. It is a name given by Christ three times, and the Greek word is rendered comforter. The Holy Spirit is the advocate sent to us from God through Jesus. Say, help is here. I get it from my father. I want to talk to you about God exits. That's what I call it. And I like to relate it to real life situations. How many of you use your GPS when you're traveling? I have no sense of direction. As I've gotten older, I've gotten a little better. 
but I have to use Siri. I have to use her, and I like that I can change her accent, and she can talk to me different ways, right? But I have to have that thing. And I've been going down 95 before, and I love it because Siri, or whoever her name is, Betty, will tell me when to get off, right? And sometimes she will veer you off of the original path because she sees something ahead, like traffic or a car accident. And I love those exits, when we get to take the exit to bypass the storm. Don't you wish kind of life was like that? Like Holy Spirit say, okay, a storm's coming up, get ready, brace yourself, you know. But I do believe that God gives spiritual God exits. And that is divine opportunities to where he will take you off of the path that you feel like, you know, the Bible says the righteous steps are ordered of the Lord. You can be following after God and things are going great. And there's divine opportunities. These are doors that I believe God puts in front of you for you to be able to walk through. And if you have an open heart and you allow Holy Spirit to speak, I believe he will put the right people around you and connect you to get you further up the road than you could have ever done in yourself. Amen? I call these God exits. So today, I want to talk to you about an incredible woman. In fact, I had never read about her until I began to study this week. Lydia. Lydia in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the book of Acts. Lydia, how God used her life to actually change the trajectory of the future generations. And I love it because she had so many things that she could have done. And I'm going to go into who she was in just a minute. But she chose to follow God. And I believe it was a God exit on her life. God throughout the history has called men and women, equipped them and empowered them to do great things for his kingdom. And I believe God's going to begin to speak to you today as I, as I talk with you. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many of you believe that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God? Say, I get it from my Father. So Lydia, where does she come in in all of this? You know, Lydia was just an incredible woman, businesswoman, very put together, had her life like to a T, organized. She was a CEO of what we would call maybe a fashionista or, you know, she had it together. She was um, a dealer of purple cloth. And in the Bible days, purple represented royalty. In fact, it was very hard to get a hold of the purple material and the purple cloth. Um, she was, she had her own business. She, she started this, the Bible and commentaries, when I read about Lydia's life, she had a big home, she had, uh, she had lots to do because she was a business woman. 
In fact, to think about her, I think of people like Oprah Winfrey. I think about uh, Louis Vuitton. I think about Nike, who sold $34 billion in 2022. I think about all of the fashion that we all go out and buy. But Lydia was the epitome of fashion. You know, I'm tickled with just getting faded glory from Walmart. I love Amazon Essentials. <laughs> you know, and, but when, when you think about Lydia, you think about a woman who was prestigious. Everywhere she went, she had, she had to be protected because she was, I don't know how to explain it, she was very high and prestigious in that area, so she had to be protected. But listen to how Holy Spirit began to work in her life and present a divine opportunity, a God exit in her life. I want you to pull open uh, Acts chapter 16. You can turn to it on your phone or with your written word in front of you if you have your Bible. But I want to start with verse 13, and we'll end at verse 15. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and we began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. She was a dealer of purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. She said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Now, let me back up just a little bit and break down exactly what was happening at this time. Paul was on his second missionary journey and was traveling, but he had come to a place where he said, God, I don't know where you want me to go next. I don't know where you're sending me next. And that very night, Paul lays down his head, and he has a dream. In his dream, a man from Macedonia appears to him and says, please come. We need you. Come help us. And so Paul wakes up out of a dead sleep. Anybody had a dream like that where it's so vivid? He wakes up out of his dream, and he knew exactly that he had to get to Macedonia. He had to get to Europe. So he took, uh, he, Paul took Timothy, he took Silas, he took his spiritual sons, and he said, we're leaving, we're going, we have to get to Macedonia. They reached Philippi, which was a major city in the district of Macedonia in Southeast Europe, and they find the women gathered all around the riverbanks, and they were talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lydia happened to be there. Now, who was Lydia? I've told you that she was a businesswoman, very classy, put together. But God had orchestrated this classy businesswoman to be in the presence of a man who knew something that she did not know. See, Lydia was a woman who was raised right. She knew you know, who, who Jesus was. She, the Bible says that she was a worshiper of Jesus. She believed in Jesus. But it, it leads toward the fact that she did not follow the principles of Jesus. It would be kind of like, 
you being raised in church all of your life around the presence of God, and you choose to walk away from him, you still believe he's real, but in that moment, you choose to just not, you, you choose to not follow him. You don't follow the principles of God in your life. You know, you kind of live, as the Bible says, lukewarm. You're neither hot, you know, you don't, you're not on fire for him, and you're neither cold, you know, you're kind of in the middle. You don't really know where your relationship is with Jesus. This is kind of where Lydia was. Lydia was standing there, and she heard Paul begin to talk about the gospel. And something began to shift in Lydia, and her heart was open. So I want to talk to you today about four lessons that we can get from Lydia's life. Four lessons. So I want you to take out your journal. I want you to take out your phone. And I want you to write these things down so that you can come back to this later and study it. Four lessons from Lydia. Number one, Lydia listened to the gospel. Lydia listened to the gospel. Verse 14 says, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Now, if you have ever been around a prestigious business person, very rich, you know, very put together, sometimes they can be intimidating. And sometimes they can seem to be better than everybody else. But there was something different about Lydia. She was teachable. She was teachable. Do you know that open ears are a prerequisite to receiving the good news? You must have open ears. Lydia listened, which required a level of humility in her own life. She was so intrigued by what Paul was saying. And this is a great trait for any woman or any man in this room. She was a businesswoman that was highly visible and respected in the community, but she was not a know-it-all. She wasn't a know-it-all. God was doing something in her heart right then. He was breaking down the pride in her. She was not a know-it-all. She humbled herself and she listened to the gospel. And also Lydia wasn't the only woman there. Sometimes when we get around other women, and you know this is the fact, we check out all the other women in the room. And we check out their outfits, and we check out their hair, we check out their shoes. Lydia was not intimidated by the other women, and she began to open up her heart she didn't let them keep her from being humble and learning from Paul. She asked questions. She was intrigued by what Paul was saying. Write this down. Humility is a valuable asset to possess in life. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility attracts the grace of God. Humility isn't denying your strengths. It's being honest about your weaknesses. I'll say it again, and Rick Warren quoted this. Humility isn't denying your strengths. It's being honest about your weaknesses. 
Number two, Lydia's heart was opened to the gospel. Listen to what verse 14 says. It says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Now the Holy Spirit, as they're gathered around this river, the Holy Spirit begins to move in the atmosphere and he's already touching Lydia's heart. And all at once her heart begins to open up and receive what Paul is saying. In this moment, Paul is partnering with the Holy Spirit. God gave him a dream. He showed him a man that said, Macedonia needs you and they need the gospel and we need your help. So Paul in the spirit, he took hands with Holy Spirit and he partnered with him to affect the hearts of many people. That's what he does with us. He partners with us so that people, people's lives can be affected. You know, we can never change people. I learned a long time ago, I can't change my husband. I can't change my children. I can't change my family. I can't change my friends. But guess what? I can pray and ask Holy Spirit to open up the hearts of the people around me. And so I can partner with God and allow him to speak to the hearts of people. So Paul didn't bring God to Macedonia. God was already working in Macedonia. Paul just partnered with God. Only God can open up the hearts of people. What causes our hearts to be closed today? What causes our hearts to be closed today? Hurt, pain, and when it's not dealt with, Hurt and pain can turn into offense, and you become offended in either God or people. And in that moment, if it's not dealt with, that can turn into bitterness. And if bitterness isn't dealt with, then the Bible says that bitterness defiles many. That person becomes sour, that person becomes pessimistic, that person, you can just tell, have you ever been around a person who you can tell they, they're bitter? Something has happened in their life where, oh man, I don't know what's happened to that person, but they carry that negativity. Listen, that is why a lot of times people are closed off to the Holy Spirit. But today we break those things. Today we say, Holy Spirit, come to those places of pain, those places of hurt. We release those places to you, Lord. John 6, 44, and the, and the Passion Translation says, the only way people come to me, and this is Jesus speaking, is by the Father who sent me. He pulls on their hearts to embrace me. And those who are drawn to me, I will certainly raise them up in the last day. Jesus continued, it has been written by the prophets. They will all be taught by God himself. And if you're really listening to the Father and learning directly from him, you will come to me. I get it from my Father. So should we stop inviting people to church? No. Should we stop inviting people to our table? No, there's something about inviting a person into your home that does something to their spirit. It says, you know what? You care enough about me that you allow me to sit around your table. 
I've seen it happen personally. We've brought people to our table and we can see the walls just begin to fall down right as we're sitting at the table and we begin to ask them questions and we begin to get into their world. Listen, don't ever stop inviting people to church. Don't ever stop inviting people to your table because God works around tables and he works and we can partner with him. We can partner with him by bringing those people. Number three, Lydia led her family to the gospel. <laughs> I love that. Lydia led her family to the gospel. Verse 15 says, she and the members of her household were baptized. Listen, Lydia knew a lot of people. She had a lot of connections. I'm sure that as she's standing there and God's beginning to speak to her heart and things are beginning to shift in her life, something begins to happen. And Lydia started going, you know what? I can't wait to tell my children. I can't wait to tell my servants. I can't wait to tell this person and that person. As God began to speak to Lydia's heart, he began to move on her and she began to open her mouth. And that day became a God exit in her life. That day she chose to walk through the divine opportunity that God had laid before her. That day she chose to follow God and become a Christ follower. And it says not only her life was changed, but her household was baptized. Listen, the very trajectory of your life can change with one choice to follow Christ. The very trajectory of your children's life can change because you chose to follow after God. If you're joining me online, the very trajectory of your life can change because you choose to follow Christ. My father and his grandfather, I remember uh, my dad telling me stories about my grandfather. He was the first preacher in his generation, but he didn't start off that way. They called him, guess what they called him? The biggest alcoholic in town. They said there's no hope, hope for him. There is no hope. It would take God himself to do something. And his name was L.T. Chapel. It would take a miracle. And guess what God did? That very thing. One night at a tent revival, my grandfather walked down to an old-fashioned altar and knelt before God and surrendered his entire life in that moment. He said, Lord, I lay it down. I give my life to you. And he was in his 40s. He was in his 40s that day. And do you know that in that moment, not the next week, not a month later, but God instantly delivered him from alcoholism and he never picked up another liquor bottle from that day forward. The very trajectory of my life, of his life, because see, God saw a generation. It started with my grandfather and then my father followed after God. And see, I believe it, it just, God began to see me. He began to see my children 
See, the choices that you make today don't just affect your life. They affect the generations to come. So the very trajectory of your life can change when you follow after Christ. On my mother's side, my grandfather gave his heart to the Lord in 1948 when his wife was pregnant with my mom. He walked down to an altar and said, Lord, I choose to follow you today. And I don't believe it was by chance, but God saw my mom and knew who she would have and knew who I would have and it affected the generations to come. Let me tell you something today. Do not let the enemy lie to you and say that it doesn't matter. Do not let the enemy lie to you and say, you know, my choices don't matter. God is calling you higher today and he's saying the very trajectory of your life can change and it starts with you. That day, Lydia made a choice. She said, come hell or high water, I don't care what it costs me. I'm turning my life over to Jesus. And I believe that day she died. The Bible says that not only was she baptized, but her children were baptized. Oh, hallelujah. It all began with Lydia. She listened. It started with him, the Holy Spirit working on her heart. The little things that God was speaking to her in that moment. This can absolutely be your family. Revival is here. Revival is now. I believe God is calling you to be the change. Number four, Lydia opened her home to the gospel. Lydia opened her home to the gospel. And this is one of my favorite, favorite things. Verse 15. She was moved by God so much that the Bible says she came up to Paul after he was speaking and she said, I insist you stay at my house. Stay at my house. Our people need you. And do you know that commentators believe that Lydia, because of her obedience and allowing the gospel to come forth, that small group that ended up uh, meeting at Lydia's house became the first church plant in Europe. God used Lydia's life to change Europe. God can use you to change your neighborhood, courthouse estates. God can use you to change Virginia Beach. God can use you to change your community. I'm here today, I'm speaking to someone God is pulling and tugging on your heart today, saying you can be the one that can bring change. I want Chris to come, and I want you to stand all over the room. All over the room. I believe God is already speaking to your heart right now. It makes me get weepy because when I think about all the potential and the purpose that you have. Do you know that you were the only thing that God actually touched with his hands and formed? Everything else that he did, he spoke. But you, he formed you intimately. And in that moment, not only did he form you, but he planned out 
every day of her life. And he said, you have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It's not just about you. It's about the generations before you. Today, I feel led by the Holy Spirit. If you are in this room and you need to take the opportunity to take the God exit, the divine opportunity, I believe God is here waiting for you. And he's wanting you to step out this morning. Can you do that? Can you do that right now? If you are in this room and you believe that this is a divine opportunity, that God is calling you, Holy Spirit has already begun to work on your heart this morning. But would you come now? I believe God is saying, today is your day. This is your God exit. Come forward. Come forward. Oh, come forward. This is your act of faith. Today, as you choose to take the God exit, the divine opportunity, Oh, and you turn your life over to Jesus. And you die right there and you say, Lord, I die today. Use my life. Anoint my life for your glory. Would you come up right now? Thank this lady. Come on. Thank this lady. The trajectory of my life is changing today. I choose to obey Holy Spirit this morning. There's more of you in this room. There's more of you. We're going to wait just a few minutes. Holy Spirit is speaking. If you believe God is speaking to you, I'm going to pray over you this morning. Do not be scared. There's a reason why I didn't have you bow your head and shut your eyes because I believe that God is calling us in the last days to be bolder than we've ever been, to be more courageous than we've ever been. We have a nation that needs Jesus like never before. And God is saying, I want to use you. I want to use you and I want to anoint you for my glory. Would you come? We're going to wait just a few minutes. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to hearts right now. Speak to hearts right now. If you're joining me online, just bow your head and say, come Holy Spirit, today I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you today. God, use my life. I step away and I die today, God, and I say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Anoint me for your glory, Lord. Anoint me for your glory, Jesus. Anoint me for your glory. Lord, I just thank you right now, God, for those that have a closed heart. God, that you and Holy Spirit begin to open it up where there's pain, where there's hurt, where there's bitterness. I thank you right now that the blood of Jesus is covering every heart right now. And we break off the past. We break off the pain in the past. You will no longer look out the rearview mirror, but you will look out the windshield of your life because there is a bright future ahead of you. And God is saying, Will you give me your yes? Will you give me your yes? 
Will you give me your surrender? I'm not saying that your life will be perfect because it won't. The Bible says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yes, you may enter some storms. You may enter some pain and there's some bad things that may happen to some good people in here. But I can tell you that God loves you. And if you'll trust him and if you'll give him your yes, he will lead you far beyond any door you could ever open in yourself. God just needs your surrender this morning. So Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Just lift your hands, those that came. I don't like to pray or have these guys pray alone, so will you all pray with us? Say, dear Jesus, today I choose you. I forgive my past. And today, I say yes to you. I leave myself at the altar. I die today. And I say, God, anoint me for your glory. Whatever it is you have for me, I step into it today. By faith, I receive you as my personal Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and on the third day you rose from the grave so that I could have life. Today, I choose you. Today, I choose you. Today, I say yes. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, can you give God glory? I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I say, go, go, God, have your way in every life, in every woman, in every man, in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen, and amen, and amen. You guys may be seated. God bless you guys. Hallelujah, Pastor Shep. Again, thank you so much for being here. If you received Christ as your first time, or maybe you've just rededicated your life, we have over to my left, uh, your right, some decision coaches, and they're just here to help you uh, get some information. So we want you to be able to leave with something, understanding uh, what took place in your, in your life today. So if that's you, as we uh, conclude uh, today's service, you can simply come over here and meet them. They're uh, friendly people. They're not gonna ask for anything. Uh, but they just want to be able to, to help you uh, in, in your spiritual journey there. As well, we want to welcome and thank our first-time guests for coming. Bridge, can we just say hello to our first-time guests? Thank you so much for coming. On Mother's Day, we appreciate it. We know you have 